Hey, it's PF. Yes, once again, uh, starting the show instead of a liner from uh, one of our previous guests, meaning only one thing and one thing only. Yes, it's an encore presentation of PF's tape recorder, but uh, we're going back into the lost episode series, the truly lost episodes. Like, no matter how far you go back on Stitcher or iTunes or even Podbean, uh, the first eight episodes, for some reason, are not available anymore, and I don't know why that is. I think it's because when I switched to a paid account after Jimmy Pardo was on uh, and almost crashed their servers from, you know, so many downloads, um, I guess it must have not picked up the uh, previous eight episodes. It never occurred to me to go back and uh, reload those on there. So anyway, so we have eight episodes here that are, uh, I guess you would say, hard to find. And uh, we're going to play another one for you. Uh, instead of going to episode three, we did episode two last week. Um, episode three is Carlos Alves Rocky. Uh, you may know him from Reno 911. We'll hold on to that one because that one's more evergreen. Uh, since it's that time of year, uh, or that time of every four years, election season, uh, we're going to do our talk with Will Durst. And this is from all the way back in like, like 2011. So this is pre the 2012 election. So it'll be interesting to here, just uh, how things have changed and how things are still kind of the same and how some things have maybe gotten a little better and some things have gotten a lot worse. So we'll do uh, the whole episode with Will Durst and whatever whatever dumb bit is in there, I don't even know. I haven't gone back and listened to this episode uh, lately. I just listened to see who the guest was. And then on the other side of all that, you will get a brand new song of the week, and that is from a band called Cassia, and I'll fill you in about them on the other side. So who? So in the meanwhile, enjoy episode number four of PS Tape Recorder. Hey, this is Carlos Allen Rocky, James Garcia, and Reno 911, and you're listening to PS Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder, or more accurately, my podcast. Uh, thank you for downloading it or streaming it or however you're listening to it. Uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, put up with my nonsense. Coming up, comedian and political commentator Will Durst discusses the foibles of trying to be a moderate. The middle ground that I used to stand in has been shifted. We have some new sponsors, and that means a couple of commercial parodies. And in fake news, we'll hear a clip from Seth MacFarlane's reboot of The Flintstones. Okay, well, so we've made it to episode four. I'm not going to ramble on too long here, but of course this is, um, I knew this would be a lot of work, but it's been still more work than I thought it was going to be, particularly in trying to do the production for the uh, the commercials and, uh, you know, the interviews and so forth, editing all those down and uh, whatnot. But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, of course, you know, uh, some of you may know I do another podcast in the fall called The No Huddle, which is a fantasy football podcast. And I'm kind of trying to figure out whether I'll be able to do both of these concurrently in the fall. I'd like to. Um, the tape recorder may go on a hiatus for the 18 weeks the No Huddle is on. I'm not sure. I don't want to do that, but uh, we may, so stay tuned. I'll keep you posted. Uh, before we get to the Will Durst interview, um, and, uh, well, of course, we'll have a sponsor in front of that as well. But uh, first, let's do some fake news. And now, fake news with me. Deadline Hardin, Texas. Deputies who swarmed a rural Texas neighborhood last week to search a farmhouse where a person claiming to be a psychic told officials multiple bodies were buried found no evidence of even a single homicide, a sheriff's official says. What's even more confounding, said Liberty County Sheriff Rex Evans, is that my horoscope plainly said you will make a shocking discovery today. It turns out that the shocking discovery may have referred to the fact that one of the deputies ate the sheriff's turkey sandwich even though it was clearly marked Sheriff's Evans Sandwich. While we were away, of course, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger proved that despite being for education, uh, environmental legislation, and uh, other so-called progressive causes, 
he's still a family values Republican. And he really likes making families. Not to be outdone, now former International Monetary Fund Chief Dominique Strauss-Kahn proved he too was a Republican. Earlier this year, Strauss-Kahn was asked by Perry Match about his alleged womanizing and whether or not it was becoming for the head of the IMF to act in such a manner. He said, hey, I'm the head of the International Monetary Fund, not the International Monastery Fund. Man, you thought Charlie Sheen got woman because he has millions. DSK has the whole International Monetary Fund to play with. Or at least he did. Feeling compelled to give credence to the false equivalency, Representative Anthony Weiner, a Democrat New York, uh, showed his or um, Weiner uh, to some women on Twitter. <laughs> Look, fellas, let me give you some advice here to all the guys out there. No one wants to see your thing. And if they do, they will ask. And even then, think very carefully. And ladies, if you're going to show somebody anything, not only think very carefully, make sure the person has been vetted, they can be trusted, and then still don't do it. Uh, by the way, Wiener's wife says uh, she wants him to keep his job so he can, can guaranteed pay alimony. UPS cuts truck weight to save fuel. Yes, as part of the new program, uh, UPS drivers will no longer be able to stop at McDonald's for lunch. Alabama's governor has signed what he billed as the tough illegal immigration legislation requiring police to check the status of anyone they suspect may be in the country illegally when stopped for any other reason. People are often suspected of not being from Alabama because they speak in complete coherent sentences, they wear shirts, and have a full set of teeth. Fox TV has announced its fall lineup. One of the programs, interestingly enough, is a reboot, if you will, of the Flintstones, and it will be produced by Family Guy mastermind Seth MacFarlane. We have actually obtained a clip from the pilot episode. Let's listen. Hey, Fred, what are you up to? Hey, Vaughn, does play and fetch with Dino, right, Dino boy? Uh, actually, Fred, I thought I'd go inside and f*** Wilma. Hmm, seems a little edgy, don't you think? Not sure I like the new direction Seth MacFarlane has taken the stones. And that's been Fake News with me. Your friends are awesome at rock band, but you can't even make it through one song. Oh, man! But now you can have just as much fun as your more talented and more coordinated friends with the Rock Band Roadie Add-On Pack. Check, 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 check. Little higher, little higher. Check, 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 check. check. How's that? Check, check. Get your friends tuned up and get their levels set before they start shredding. Is that clipping? I think that's clipping, little. What do you think? Want to try it again? But make sure you do a good job. Or your butt will fail. Dude! And you'll wind up at the merch table. The long sleeve tee is 40 bucks. Yeah, here you go. Rock Band Roadie Add-On Pack. Available now. Coming soon. Rock Band Groupie Pack. And Rock Band Ticket Scalper Pack. Sounds like an exciting game. I'll have to get my hands on a copy. Okay, now it's time for our interview. Our special guest today is Will Durst. Uh, Will Durst, as some of you may know, came out of the San Francisco comedy scene of, I guess, the late 70s and early 80s. Same scene that gave us uh, Paula Poundstone, Mark Maron, Robin Williams, all those cats. And, uh, of course, Will known widely as a political humorist and commentator. A lot of cool things to say to us, and here's the interview. And welcome to Will Durst. Will, thanks for joining us on PF's Tape Recorder. <laughs> thanks for having me. Okay. Now, how did I not know that you had a podcast? 
Uh, well, it's not really a podcast. What I do is a commentary every week. And it's uh, just a, two, a quick two-minute little thing, and uh, I shoot some stuff out. And uh, So whatever's happening this week. I, I, and I, My deadline is tonight, and I still don't know what I'm going to write. <laughs> wow. Um, so that's available. And see on your website, it's available through audible.com. Can you also get that in iTunes? Uh, I believe so. Oh, cool. All right. So those replace the email blast you used to send out with uh, your your weekly observations? Or do you still do yeah. those? Okay, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so the commentary gets written on Wednesday, and then uh, the they, it goes out to like uh, 12 different radio stations and iTunes on Thursday. And then Friday, I write a weekly column that is nationally syndicated. And that uh, it's carried in about 60, 80 papers, and then on the Huffington Post and Alternate and the County Pinko, Yellow Act Bastard kind of places that you would expect. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, I talked to Jimmy Dore about this a couple of months ago. And, in fact, you guys might have discussed this when you were on his podcast. But it yeah. seems a lot of people have kind of getting wise to the idea uh, of kind of, I guess, denying the uh, false equivalency uh, the right says this, and the left says this. Who's right? I guess we'll never know. When, when clearly, you know, it seems one side is worse than the other, and when they're not, the other side is has shares more of the blame in a in a certain issue. Like with Jimmy Dore, I was talking about, for example, uh, tariffs. The left seems to like tariffs a lot, but if you talk to uh, virtually any economist, left or right, they will tell you that tariffs are not a good thing. And then conversely, with global warming. You know, the right should say, well, some say it's not happening. Well, when nine-tenths of the climate scientists say it is, you know, guess what? It probably is. Yeah, the only people who are saying that it, uh, global warming isn't happening are scientists who have been funded by uh, the energy producers. You know, exactly. I mean, we have scientists. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Everybody has scientists. Jack in the Box has scientists. <laughs> the tobacco company has scientists. Yep. You give me enough money, I'll get you a study that will prove that your scientist is nothing but a Turkish bedspread. <laughs> yeah, and I do agree with the, your previous statement in that, uh, you know, everybody says, well, you know, uh, they do it and we do it and uh, you know, it's just part. No, I mean, uh, the, the Democrats, you know, will do like a tiny little exaggeration of truth. And then a guy in the Republicans will say, well, that wasn't meant as a statement of actual Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which leaves the door pretty wide open, I guess, at that point. Yeah, you can say anything at that point. Yeah, who needs, who needs facts? Uh, when you are poking fun at the left um, versus poking fun at the right, at least I've found this uh, when I've attempted such, is that there seems to be, and I'll admit, a little bit of uh, anger and edginess kind of going for the right comedically, and yet attacking the left, which is also pretty easy to do, it comes from sadness and disappointment. Do you find that to be the case, or do you think it's, uh, there's more structure to it than that? No, no, I, I agree totally. I think uh, th that's mostly my tack on the left. I, I try to stand in the middle, but uh, the middle ground that I used to stand in has been shifted. And I'm staying in the same place, and suddenly I'm way on the left side of the playing field only because the playing field has moved. Uh-huh. You know, and it's, it's the right has dragged the playing field so far over to their end. 
that even you know <laughs> liberal Democrats are suddenly moderates, and uh, the moderates are suddenly, and, and then on the right, you know, <laughs> the guys who are the flippo units on the right are so far, you know, you you wonder where there's room for them to move anymore. Do you think humor is the, uh, well, you probably do, this is uh, an obvious question, but um, do you think in these times, I guess, humor can be used more subtly, I guess, as opposed to, say, music or you know, film or or things like that, is to to kind of get people to subtly realize, oh yeah, I never, I've never seen that that way before. Or is it just, do you think, a matter of different people just respond to different mediums? No, I think you're right. I think what what humorists uh, can do is they can drop seeds of doubt. They're they're never gonna you're never gonna change the way anybody thinks when you. When uh, you're on stage and uh, you're, I mean, your job is to make them laugh out loud on purpose against their will. It's not to change the way, you know, it's it's not a rally. It's a it's a club or it's a theater. It's a, And what comics can do is is exactly what you said. Make people say, oh, geez, I never thought of it that way. That's a great way to look at it. Now, when you're doing your columns and your podcasts, is that stuff... Uh kind of find its way into your stand-up is that it or or vice versa do you kind of stumble upon something and go hey i could really expand on that in a column exactly that's that's how it works people think that i could take the column and go on stage with it but they're two entirely different voices and and sometimes i'll i'll write something and totally forget that it could be used on stage and i'll have someone come up to me and say you know that was a great line and then they repeat the line and they go oh yeah i could use that on stage for instance, there's there's one thing that I'm trying to use. Uh, I wrote it as a as a piece in one of my columns about the fact that none of the Republicans have announced that they're going to run for president yet, and there's kind of a dearth of uh, participants. As a matter of fact, uh, NBC had to cancel a candidate's uh, debate because there weren't any <laughs> declared candidates, and and I said something about Newt Gingrich where. He uh, he called the press conference to announce he may or may not contact someone who will help <laughs> him decide whether or not he should form an exploratory committee to, to investigate the possibilities of maybe perhaps running for president later someday. And why would he do this? Because America needs decisive leadership. <laughs> and, and I wrote that, and all I got to do is remember it because it's a complicated phrase. Yeah. So that's that's my problem right now. Yeah, um, I heard on NPR today a Republican strategist, and I can't remember who it was. I was kind of only half listening while I was doing something else at my day job. Uh, but he was saying uh, seriously that America is ready for uh, an adulterer who divorced his wife uh, on her cancer-ridden hospital bed. So they're really ready. America's very forgiving. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And what do you make of yeah. uh, of Trump dragging up all this uh, this birther nonsense again? Well, it's not like he doesn't look ridiculous enough. I think uh, he's trying <laughs> to push the ridiculous threshold on us. Uh, I mean, it, it can be pretty well just gotten rid of by the fact that on the day that Obama was born, there was a birth announcement in the Honolulu Advertiser. Now, if he was born in 
in Kenya or Indonesia, how the hell did they arrange to put a birth announcement? I mean, is this, does this go back? Is this like this huge, huge uh, conspiracy? What is going on? What, how do they, the birthers explain that? And uh, But uh, Trump, Trump doesn't care about, you know, he's, he's never going to run. He's never going to open his financials. It's, it's perfectly obvious. Well, and I think people probably pretty much know what they would find anyway. I mean, that's pretty obvious. You know, a trust fund baby that's gone bankrupt twice, killed the United States Football League, which would have been otherwise a viable enterprise. I mean, that's, you know, and his only other claim to fame is uh, a horrible comb over and the fact that he fires people on some hideous reality show. <laughs> where, where does that hair start? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see his hairline. Yeah. <laughs> see a certificate on that. Does it, does it start in the middle of his forehead? Is he disguising, like, an incredible scar or a third eye or something? Why does it swoop down and then shoot back like that? Well, I want to see his long-form certificate from the Hair Club for Men. <laughs> That's what I would like to see. Um, so where do you think we go from here as far as the Republicans trying to take down Obama? Do you think, <clears throat> I mean, I can't think of anybody that possibly has a chance. Uh, you know, Romney, maybe? But he's, he's just the well, least Romney crazy. Romney is, is obviously the uh, front runner right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what the polls say. Michelle Bachman is up there. Sarah Palin and Michelle Bachman is Michelle Bachman is kind of uh, 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 Sarah Palin light. You know, like Sarah Palin, uh, a Xerox without the toner. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think Romney is the presumptive favorite right now, and he's just sliding under the radar. It's the same thing that happened in 2000, you know, or no, 96 with Robert Dole. It was the same kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, where, yeah. Yeah, he was, and there was all this talk around the periphery, oh, who's going to run, who's going to run, and it was Dole. It was Dole all the way, and uh, I, I think that's what's going to happen. Cause that's what, that's, that's the old axiom about the presidentials. You know, the Republicans fall in line and the Democrats fall in love. Yeah, there you. Yeah, there you go. Nicely put. Um, yeah, I guess I guess Romney will let the others uh, play out their crazy cards, and then he'll write in and say, "See, I'm not so bad now." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although a lot of evangelicals still think Mormonism is a cult. That's so going to be got... that's going to be a, a problem. But hey, you yeah. you know you throw a Scientologist in there for a couple of months, and he'll be like, "But yeah, I mean, look." <laughs> So, what are you going to do? And I'm not a Muslim. You can say that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. At least I'm not a Muslim. I'm not a Muslim from Kenya. So, what are you, you going to do? So, as far could as the 20... Worse. Yeah, it could be worse. So, as far as the 2012 campaign goes, how forward are you, just from a humorous standpoint, how forward are you looking to this? Is this going to be... I mean, each one seems to be like, well, they're never going to top this. But, you know, now it seems like with, you know, the, the Tea Party in full force... Uh, do you think we're in for like the best race ever in terms of uh, parody and satire? And so oh, you mean grist for the comedic mill? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, I, I'm looking forward to the Republican debates because, you know, every, every year they get somebody in there who's not afraid to tell the truth because they know they have a snowball's chance in hell. So they're up there, and you know, like it's Ron Paul. Ron yeah. Paul can actually tell the truth. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing with the Democrats. You know, in '08, uh, the Democrats had Dennis Kucinich. So you had these two guys. 
know, who looked like they were extras from uh, the Lollipop Guild, and uh, the, the, they were the only truth tellers, the only guys who would actually tell the truth. And and that's that's one of the uh, the fun things, and I'm expecting that uh, Ron Paul to play that part again, and then of course uh, Michelle Bachman, who is really going to run because uh, she like Donald Trump feeds on the exposure, even though she goes to New Hampshire and and uh, you know congratulates them on Concord being uh, the uh, the site of where yeah. the shattered round the world was, even though it was Concord, Massachusetts. Yeah. But it, you know, it's a neighboring state. They, yeah, New England. You know, it's yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, yeah, and it's not like a an executive, you know, a chief executive really needs to be that geographically astute. I mean, they have people for that. Yeah, you know, it's a shame the one guy that can't keep his head together is Pat Buchanan because he'll like say all the stuff that makes so much sense, you know, even coming from the right, and be like, wow, yeah. And then he'll say something completely crazy. You're like, oh, yeah, it's Pat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, don't. <laughs> so he's about due again. He was he was on MSNBC a couple of uh, weeks ago, I guess, uh, really sticking it to Jack Welch and GE, saying, you know, that it, shame on you for exporting jobs overseas and and still getting tax refunds and, and destroying the unions and the working class. And you're like, yeah, go, Pat. And any day now, of course, he'll come out with something nutty. He'll in- endorse Trump in this birther thing or something. Well, not only that, but he, 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 you know, he wants to build the wall along the next. Yeah, there border. you go. Yeah, yeah. He'll bring that one up again. Yeah, we're, I'm surprised we haven't heard that one lately. Yeah, and of course, if he were president, we wouldn't have to because Mexico would build the wall to control our immigration. <laughs> well, all right, sir. Got a lot of good stuff here. Um, uh, thank you for being on the podcast and all. Oh, thanks for doing a podcast and having done it. And also, I'll send you a link to the podcast when it runs. Cool. And are you getting my columns on a weekly basis? I was getting the emails, and then I didn't. Then when I realized you were doing the podcast, I thought, oh, that must have replaced the columns. Oh, no, no, no. Huh. Okay. No, no, no. I'll have to check well, my... I'll, I'll oh. put you back on the list. Okay, great. I'll, yeah, I'll send you another email and make sure, because I don't, I don't think it's going to my junk email box, because oh, okay. I haven't gotten an alert to such. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, thanks again, sir, and continued success to you. All right, man. You stay out of trouble. Okay. You run the play. Have a great Easter. All right. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Will Durst for being on the tape recorder. And uh, before we get going, we have another piece of business to take care of. We've uh, got another sponsor. And I uh, hope you don't mind, but this, this helps pay the bills. Bud Weisenheimer Light presents Really Clever Guys. Today we salute you, Mr. Funny Beer Commercial Writer. Mr. Funny Beer Commercial Writer. Some people write funny screenplays. Other pen humorous books. You pack a whole lot of hilarity into a 30-second radio spot. A word from our sponsor. Guys who wear toupees. Roller skaters with big boom boxes. People with unusually large rolling coolers. You don't care whose toes you step on. Ouch, that hurts. And the best part is, morning zookeepers and other hack radio types rip off the idea all the time and make their own lame versions. This is the dearest form of flattery. So here's to you, oh laugh man of the logger. Crack open an ice cold Bud Weisenheimer. Because without you, beer wouldn't be that funny. Mr. Funny the Commercial Writer. Tape Reporter, Cincinnati, Ohio. 
And that's our show. Uh, helping out on the tape recorder today was Big Jim Lugers. The music you heard in the rock band spot was composed and performed by Shadow Raptor from Cincinnati, Ohio. Find them at bandcamp.com and then search Shadow Raptor, but without the O in Raptor. Uh, the rest of the music was composed by John Veropoulos with a bit of help from me, performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little bit of help from me. Uh, the PF Tape Recorder logo was designed by Dan Cobell. Follow him on Twitter. He is at TigerDactyl. That is Tiger and then D-A-C-T-Y-L. Uh, he also has a new Twitter feed as well, so when you go see who he's following, follow all that, because it's some funny stuff. And follow me, uh, at PF66 on Twitter, and like PF's Tape Recorder on Facebook. Listen either at podbean.com, and that's pfradio.podbean.com, or you can subscribe in iTunes and uh, write a nice review while you're there, won't you? And of course, tell all your friends about this podcast. Uh, can you believe this guy thinks he's funny? you got to listen to this. And of uh, thanks to you folks for listening, and see you next time. And there you have it, episode four, PF Tape Recorder, Will Durst, there, talking politics back in 2011-ish. And, uh, I mean, I again, I didn't really go back and listen to it, but I remember our conversations before, especially his talk about, I do remember him famously saying that uh, he used to be to the, he was in the middle, and now the middle's gotten pulled all the way over to the left. So if even for some, you know, just, you know, things that people should be for, people think you're some kind of a radical pinko. Uh, and it's happening again. It's weird, and it's even worse now. Crazy. So, uh, song of the week is from a band called Cassia, and I stumbled on these guys because they had the uh, well. As I stumble across a lot of my music, BBC Radio One, they had uh, the hottest record in the world a couple of weeks ago. The song's called Drifting, and it was uh, came out back in May. Actually, uh, it is not the song we are going to play. Uh, for our song of the week here, uh, uh, because, well, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but anyway, I did a deep dive on these guys, and uh, turns out they're from the north of England. The uh, lead singer and chief songwriter uh, spent time in Africa. His parents were, I think, were either missionaries or diplomats or something like that. And then they moved back to Britain, and of course he had all these influences in him, and so and they, he shared them with his two buddies, and, and they came up uh, with, the, with the band Cassia. And again, they're from the north of England, don't know exactly where. Uh, they have an album out called Replica. I believe it came out at the end of last year or early this year. And I was uh, I played them for my wife. Said, "Hey, you know, if, if Vampire Weekend breaks, we have a spare." And she was like, "Yeah, they do." And I'm like, "Yeah, that put, puts him in mind of Father of the Bride a lot." She's like, "Oh, no, 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 no. It's it's more like early Vampire Weekend." So see what you think. Which one it is? Very much have their own sound when you listen to them a few times. But you will hear those little pops of uh, Vampire Weekend there. Uh, I'm thinking it's totally Father of the Bride. She's thinking, "No, no, no. Way back to the first uh, album." maybe Contra, maybe a touch of modern vampires of the city. But anyway, but it, like I said, they do have their own sound. Uh, the whole album is great. Uh, downloaded the whole thing. So it's awesome. I'm going to play what we call the power cut. We used to call that back in the day. First track on the album, I believe, was also a, the, the very first single that they had out back in 2019. The song is called Small Spaces. It's our song of the week on PF Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. Now we don't seem us in the city. There's no face up Mona Lisa Things you think that you are Feeling misplaced in your hometown All the misfits put on their crowns